0: Well, today we celebrate the Memorial of St. Catherine of Siena. She was uh, a Florentine saint uh, from the 1400s, I believe, uh, maybe 1300s. And uh, she was a mystic, played a very, very important role in the life of the church at that time. There was a, the papal schism was going on, so there were actually two or even three popes who were contending for the title of the papacy and uh the papacy also, at that time, was up in France, which really it shouldn't have been located there. It really needed to be down in Rome. So, that was those are some of the issues that she was uh, she was chosen by God to address and and to help rectify. Uh, the thing she's best known for, though, is her dialogues, which is she would go into these trances, these mystic states, and have long conversations with God the Father. Okay, and you, you can read these dialogues and they're, they're really, really mark, remarkable, you know, very, very edifying, um conversations. And so, it brings up the question, you know, what is this lady, was she, you know, from some people's perspective, they might think of her as kind of a little crazy, you know. And, uh, it reminds me of, um I'm listening to an audiobook. I'm on this, uh, this kick now I shared with you. I was reading about Jim Jones, you know, now I'm, now I'm into David Koresh, okay. So, David Koresh claimed to be hearing from God. You know, we can remember this incident that took place in Waco back in 1993. And uh, the, kind of, the kind of question comes up, it's very important to us in, in many different levels, and there's a kind of a, there's a deeper lesson that we can learn in all of this. What's the difference between a cult and legitimate religion? What's the difference between faith and piety versus fanaticism? You know, how do we, discern and tell the difference here well you've got a number of number of things going on like how how come saint um, catherine Siena wasn't a fanatic how come she wasn't some kind of cultist or some weirdo or something how do we know that right well there's a few things probably first of all it's important to understand that when god brings a revelation to the world it's meant for the whole world okay and uh, jesus talks about in matthew 24 he says so if they say to you he is in the you know in the in the back room closed and hidden away, do not go there. If they say to you come over into this secret area, he's over, Christ is over here, do not follow them. For as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. The point being is that Jesus's manifestation and the revelation of God is a very public and open thing. And the Branch Davidians of Waco were literally this small, tiny, little group of people. Uh, you know, that's, that's a huge indication that this is not from God. So we talk about the signs of the marks of the church, one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. And one of those marks is the, the Catholicity. It means it's spread all over the whole world. So that's extremely important that it's this kind of open public religion. It's not this kind of secret little small group. The other thing is that when someone comes from God and, and claims uh, to be hearing directly from him, you have to look for um, uh, signs that make that person's claims to authority reasonable. How do we really know that David Koresh uh, was speaking on behalf of God? Quite frankly, there wasn't any sign. He didn't work miracles he wasn't a miracle worker. He was a modestly charismatic kind of guy. Not even really that <laughs> that impressive. He was a modestly charismatic guy. He was coming from a uh, Seventh Day Adventist tradition, and he was able to persuade about 150 people or so that he was, you know, a prophet of God and that he was hearing directly from God. And um, that's about all he had to him. There wasn't any signs, nothing like that. Jesus came and he worked miracles. So this is what we see here. Nicodemus says, no, "We know you're from God because no one can do the signs that you do unless unless they're from God." And in the book of Acts today in our reading, the apostles would not have been successful in those early days unless they were healing people and they were they were working manifest miraculous signs of God. And one day, three thousand people are baptized, and another day, five thousand people are baptized. And the power of persuasion that they had was because they were working miracles. And their small little group grew very, very quickly. And Christianity spread all over the world within just a few hundred years. So very, um, uh had signs of credibility to it. So that when God asks us to believe something, he doesn't ask us to basically, like I said in one of my homilies, you know, basically... Uh, be so open-minded that our brains fall out of our heads. You know, there is an element of human prudence uh, that works in conjunction with the gift of faith. Um, the other thing too is ethics. When Jesus came, and he's very, very holy. Saint Catherine of Siena is very, very holy. David Koresh uh, was doing things like he was teaching his followers that he had the right to have intercourse with any woman. Okay, and so. He wasn't just taking, like, many different single women to be his wives. He was literally taking wives, men's wives, like they were already, he was breaking up their marriages and basically taking a man's wife and saying, now she's my wife. Alright, and the guys were letting him do that. So, highly, highly immoral behavior. And so we see the God of Revelation is also the God of reason and the God of human nature. So anything that's contrary to just sound ethical reasoning, you know, it can't be from God. It doesn't matter, you know, how much religious language it has, does not how harmony? How many, how many verses of the Book of Revelation you cloak your message in? If you're, if you're doing something that's immoral, you're just, you're not from God. Simple as that. So this is how we can tell the difference between occult um, and fanaticism versus true religion and um, piety, and faith. The deeper lesson for all of us here is that God, who is the God of Revelation, is also the God of um, creation, and he's created us as free and as rational beings, and he respects our freedom and our intelligence. And we, likewise, need to respect the freedom and intelligence of other people as well. I think of, and again, in this incident with David Koresh, he gets on the phone. He's in conversation with the FBI um, uh, negotiators, and he's just spouting off all of these verses from Revelation and making these huge claims about himself. I mean, like, what, do we? Ex- does, did he expect them? I mean, he literally expected them to like fall down and be very impressed and be like, "Oh my gosh, you're a prophet. We we believe you." And he even at one point. Uh, negotiated a deal whereby if he would come out with all his followers, um, they would take an hour-long message that he recorded about his particular prophetic message he felt that God had given him and broadcast it on a national um, radio or television. So they actually did that. He broke his word, unfortunately, and he didn't come out. But they broadcasted his message. It was an hour-long recording over the national television. and People just said, this guy's a freaking kook. Just crazy. He's just totally crazy. You know? So, the, the point is, is that David Kresh did not respect the freedom and the intelligence. He never, he never came with saying, okay, let me start where, with what we have in common. You know, we both have our humanity and our reason in common and so let's kind of begin there in dialogue and let me respect the freedom and the individuality of other people. And the fact that, you know, everybody's just gotta make a decision for themselves and faith is free. I can't just impose my message and, you know, what by virtue of my just impressive authority or something, they're all gonna become my followers. I mean, that was the kind of idea that he had. So these are the marks of a cult leader and not someone who has a true message from God. St. Catherine of Siena, on the other hand, she came and she had, spoke with God, but everything that she said was in alignment with what the church teaches. And the rest of the church and the church's hierarchy approved of her message. So as individual Catholics, we can believe that she had a true word from God because the broader structure of our Catholic faith, which is reasonable, which is accompanied by the the marks and the signs of God, uh, approved of what she said. So she's not a cult leader. And uh, following, you know, reading her dialogues and, and, and thinking, okay, these are edifying. This is not going to, you know, mislead us uh, because they're embedded in a larger structure of uh, rational credibility. So my brothers and sisters, um, we're people of faith, uh, but we're also people of reason and we respect other people's freedom. And that's really the nature of love. Okay, you can't claim to love and to operate and live by love if you don't respect the freedom and the, uh, and the reason of other people.